little folks go to children's church and hallelujah praise god anybody uh have see any results from i think we a couple of people in here might have been more we prayed for their foot sunday anything changing in those areas good 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 well thank god we thank you lord for what you're doing in pamela's foot we believe you for full restoration and father we command all these creaking and crackings to stop in jesus name that's just lies in the name of jesus hallelujah every part of her foot functions perfectly hallelujah 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 anything else sore but better hallelujah thank you jesus will we command soreness to leave Melissa's foot in the name of Jesus. Complete restoration. Complete restoration. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yes. 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 In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, we're talking about... Uh, what, is, what is the title, Barry? <laughs> Isn't that bad? I have to ask him what the title what does it mean to resist the devil? Yes, and uh, tonight uh, we're going to continue with that, beginning over in Mark chapter 16. But then if we, and then we're going to end, I don't know how far we'll get, but uh, the, the title under that title in tonight is, Should We Speak to Demons? And so we might, we'll be looking up a, quite a lot of scriptures and Things like that. Um, Mark chapter 16. I'm trying to remember what I told you. This is a very familiar, but I learned something this week I didn't know, so I thought I would tell you all about it. Just never had looked at it this way in Mark chapter 16. Um, beginning into verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye unto all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Hallelujah. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So the, this week I learned about five things believers have authority over. Five things that comes from this this uh, part of the Word of God, Mark chapter 16. Number one, power over demons. And we find that, that in my name shall they cast out devils. So authority over demons. Then number two, a heavenly language. And I so I had to stop and think about that and think about that speaking with new tongues. Is that an authority? And I just thought about how God had given us authority to speak um, to speak words that only heaven, that the the language of heaven, that He had given us an authority in that to speak those words, Hallelujah, which is very powerful in itself. But then when you think about it, that uh, that when we speak those words, we are actually taking authority in us in the spirit realm and um, so hallelujah let's do that more number three authority over creation and we see that in uh, they shall take up serpents authority over creation that that was representative of creation and uh, so that would that would include all of in anything all of creation and uh, then uh, number four, power over biological elements and that the drink any deadly thing or poison that that is speaking of or is referenced to that we have authority over all biological elements, which is really good news when you think about, you know, people talk about biological warfare in these days. People talk about uh, nuclear, there's radiation, there's all those kind of things that we have authority over that. And, you know, we can't say, well, that will never happen. It uh, Some nuclear power plant in Russia, Chernobyl or whatever, had a meltdown. That was many years ago now. So, um, 
those things can happen. I saw that there was a bomb threat this afternoon, Beaumont, Texas, at ExxonMobil. You know, things get released into the air, poisons or or however things get released, you know, we have authority over those things, biological elements. Number five, authority over sickness. And of course that's not new to us, but just looking at those, some of those in a different way than we have, than we have looked at them before is a good thing. So, um, amen. <clears throat> We've been talking a lot about uh, what does it mean to resist the devil and to make sure that we are aware and we are taking the, our authorities that we have and not being asleep. So tonight talking about should we speak to demons, you know, um, I would say most all of the world and most of the church, maybe not even all the world, they're probably maybe more aware than some of us, some of the church, but would think that is a crazy thing. They would think we were crazy for speaking to demons. Um, you know, just about the whole church, maybe not quite all the church. I mean, there's there's different segments of the church. Uh, I am taking a class on healing. I'm taking number two from Global Awakening. And one thing, Randy Clark is, uh, you know, he's a doctor of divinity. And, like, I'm not talking about, you know, through some online university. I mean, he's been, been there. Uh, he said he nearly lost his faith. He said he would have lost his faith except that when he was 18 years old, he had a wreck and God supernaturally healed him. And uh, if he had not been healed himself, and then he knew his grandmother had been healed, but if he had not been healed himself and known that his grandmother had been healed, he would have lost his all of his faith going to uh, theological seminary. And um, so, uh, but anyway, he talks about the church and the different segments of the church and uh, uh, the, the, the cessationists, those that, cessationists are those that believe that when the last apostle died, all of the miraculous things stopped, all miracles stopped and so forth. But then there's a part of the church that he calls the, what does he call them? But he says they're the mainline denominations they are, huh? No, they're. Uh, I'll have. I'll have to get that information to you. But they're like, um, well, they're like Episcopal, Lutheran, that side, and they actually believe that anything in the Bible that you read that is miraculous is not true, and that it's only there to teach a a a. Uh, teach a lesson it te it's it's there to to teach some sort of a lesson to you but it's not true it's like it's like it's a parable it's a it's not it's completely not true and that's what they're trained in in seminary and then the ones that are uh uh or cessationism are more like baptist church of christ that's what they're taught cessationism and then he talked about Pentecostals and Charismatics. And then he talked about third-wave evangelicals. And I'm like, I don't even have a clue what a third-wave evangelical is. And he says third-wave evangelicals are mostly like from Baptist or, or Church of Christ. And they have decided to, uh, to put away those cessation beliefs. And they actually believe in healing. But what keeps them from being Pentecostal or charismatic is that they don't believe that you have to speak in tongues for the baptism of the Holy Spirit to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The funny thing is, he said most of them do speak in tongues, though. But that would be the people a lot of times that have never come out of Baptist church, never come out of Church of Christ, but they are, they are praying for the sick. They, are, they do believe in healing. And they're called third wave evangelicals. So now you know more than you ever knew. And that, I did too. <laughs> hallelujah. I was like, I don't know what those are. But hallelujah. <clears throat> so uh, <clears throat> I don't remember why I told you all that. But anyway, it was probably very important. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So the, the church uh, takes seriously, most of the church, communicating with our Heavenly Father. 
but the most of the church except for in the pentecostal charismatic side of the church which is the becoming the biggest part of the church if you take a world worldwide view it's really the only growing segment of the church is the pentecostal charismatic side that hallelujah that are baptized in the holy ghost speak in tongues go into nations and uh before that you know when people when missionaries went before that did not have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and did not pray for the sick, they would go, and you can read stories of this, they would go and spend years and years and years, sometimes 30 years or 50 years on the mission field and have maybe one convert. But when, when people began to go and pray for the sick and the sick began to get healed, we know now that it's not unusual for a hundred thousand people to get saved in one uh, one crusade or hallelujah because of signs, wonders, and miracles. And so, praise God, hallelujah. The church is growing. So, doesn't matter what the church, what the biggest maybe part of the church might think or what one part of the church might think it's so funny that we are the biggest we're the only one growing and we let the other part of the church intimidate us and make us feel weird make we let that and i don't even say they're trying to do it i'm saying we just are letting the devil use the fact that you know religion does not believe these things so uh, we want to talk tonight about talking at evil spirits talking at evil spirits versus talking to demons and uh, that's a little bit different way to say it. it really doesn't matter how you say it as long as you understand it you know talking to something kind of insinuates conversation and we're not advocating ever having a conversation with the devil don't want to have one shouldn't have one you know don't want to talk about him and don't really want to talk to him but it is an absolute necessity and mark 16 we read it that they will cast out demons is absolute necessity that we talk at or speak to uh the devils and demon spirits so we have to command the devil and his demons and sometimes we shy away because we don't want to be thought crazy another thing that's been in the church we've had people tell us this is a fear of stirring up the devil when we first started in charismatic days we were having a bible study and uh, pastor michael said something about well we're just gonna bind the devil and we're gonna take authority over that and i remember her name was florine gibson she's already gone to be with the lord good lady good assembly of god lady but i love god but she said oh oh don't say that don't say that you know you'll get the devil mad and he'll attack us and uh, so you'd be surprised how many of the church are shy away because of fear of stirring up the devil hallelujah uh fear of being overtaken Remember the seven sons of Sceva, how they were overtaken by the devil. The Bible, uh, one version says that the devil stripped off their clothes and they ran off naked. At least, hallelujah. <laughs> so we don't want to have a devil attack us, strip off our clothes, and us have to leave church naked. So that fear of uh, stirring the devil up or to being overtaken. Uh, another Thing that enters our mind is presumption in other words Jesus could but who am I in other words just not feeling uh, a feet not knowing and feeling who we are in Christ and thinking well yeah I read that in the Bible and Jesus could do it but who am I and then also a belief that it's futile well I could I, I've rebuked the devil before I've resisted the devil before and nothing happened so it's futile uh, and then uh, uh, kind of feeling safer letting sleeping dogs lie just ha having like well you know I'm just I, I feel safer just not doing anything you know a lot of people feel safer not doing anything uh, about a lot of things uh, kind of a wrong belief that it's only for the super spiritual to cast out demons in other words you kind of have to have a nearly a professional ministry in deliverance 
in order to cast out demons. And maybe you've read some books of people that really had a deliverance ministry and uh, cast out demons, and it was just too weird for you. And maybe you read that book, Pigs in the Parlor, which that's an old book now. But, you know, that's like, well, that's weird. I'm going to hide that book or get rid of that book. Or, or you know, you might have read some George Otis Jr. And if, if you want, if that's out there. In a, <laughs> of course, he was in Africa, and and uh, he know he saw sides of the devil that we're not privy to at least at this point. Uh, and then also having a false belief, I believe this could be in the church very big. No need in America. Those things only happen in Africa. That there's really no need in America that we're a lot more civilized nation than Africa and India and all those places. But over here in America, we're civilized and we don't need those things. So all of that would be wrong. And all of these things show lack of knowledge about the devil and also show that we don't know our position in Christ if we have any of those thoughts or any of those beliefs. Also uh, shows that we have an inability to recognize demonic activity. If you don't see demonic activity, not every demonic activity is a witch doctor spitting up blood or something, you know, or eating, drinking blood or whatever it is witch doctors do. That's not all of demonic activity. If we're weak in discernment and we're very weak in the discerning of spirits, all the nine gifts of the Spirit have been given us to the profit of the church, to the profit of our families. And so, you know, discerning of spirits is something that we need to have in our families in order to protect our family. Uh, and then, I know this is true. Believe that Miss Debbie makes it a bigger deal than it is. I'll just, you know, might not be the only one you believe makes it a bigger. But I know a lot of subjects that I could sit here and name right now. And that if, if my family has been tempted and... Uh, um, some of you have probably been tempted to believe that Miss, De Miss Debbie makes that a lot bigger deal than it is. It's really not that big a deal. You know, like me, you know, when I was in Eastern Star and my grandmother was baptized in the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues. And she was like, you know, when I went to be, um, what do you call it? I don't even remember what they call it now, but installed. When I went to be installed as the worthy matron of the Eastern Star, <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, so all of my family came. We invited the family, and you know, we, it was a big production. Everybody had all the Eastern Star ladies get a new dress every time, long evening type wear, every time a new worthy matron is installed, and all this. And so. You know, my grandmother's already baptized in the Holy Ghost, and so she's like, oh, you know, I don't like this. I don't want my granddaughter involved in this, but she's trying to be nice because, you know, her husband's there, and he's a mason, and her brother and his wife are coming to install me. They're the ones that are actually going to do the installation, and, uh, you know, family's there. Friends are there. It's just a big day. It's a big celebration, and so... Um, She's kind of like, mm, you know, and she mentions a few things. So I go, I go, you know, so she's, I'm like thinking about it and I'm thinking, you know, no, this is a good thing. This is not bad. This is, this is, uh, you know, we can always figure out in the natural man and the natural mind how this really isn't bad because it's going to be a major inconvenience to do anything about it. And so I remember thinking, this is not bad. All of these women are Christians, which would have been true. All of these women go to my Baptist church, which would have been true. Uh, you know, it's just like there was a lot of reasons to justify it. And, and plus, I just couldn't see it. I just didn't see it. But then when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost... It, I mean, it was like within a day, within two days, because we went to Eastern Star once a month. So, you know, on third Thursday or something like that was always Eastern Star. And uh, it wasn't two or three days into being baptized in the Holy Spirit that I went, oh, my word, 
Oh, my Lord. For he alone is worthy. This is one of the things that came to me. Uh, the wor- in the Masons, which is the men's side of Eastern Star, it's the, the, the president or the head is called the worshipful master. I was like, oh, my word. That is awful. We, you know, hallelujah. So, um, so there we were. And it was not easy getting out, but we did that because we finally saw it. So, uh, you know, my, and of course, there wasn't everybody in my family that saw it and agreed then. My dad was still a Mason. Uh, you know, he sure didn't see it at that point. Eventually, my whole family ended up getting out of that, and we none of us are Eastern Star Masonic Lodge anymore. And so, but it took a while for everybody to see it, and, you know, hallelujah. So, uh, so believing that that could, could get you in a lot of trouble. Belief that evil can sometimes be good. You know, there are a whole lot of people that believe that sometimes evil is good. I know this is really old, and some of you aren't old enough to even know about this. But um, in our day, it's a lot worse than this now. But in our day, we had Wendy the Good Little Witch. Does anybody remember Wendy the Good Little Witch? Yeah, you're old, Joey. (laughs) Hallelujah. Comic books, read the comic books. Casper the Friendly Ghost, we had him. We had Bewitched on TV, and that just seemed so harmless. You know, she just, it was all for good. She only wiggled her nose to get out of, you know, certain problems and situations. Hallelujah. Um, We even had a, what we have, Jeannie that came out of the bottle. I dream of Jeannie. Yeah, all those things weren't too bad. They were good. So believing that evil can be good. And so that will get you in trouble. Because now I think there's other, I see, I think there's actually a TV show. I see it on the lineup, uh, The Good Witch or something, isn't there? Is there a TV show? Y'all are acting like y'all never saw that on your cable thing. But I don't watch it, but cable thing. Uh, I think there is a TV show to that effect. And we know there's others. I don't know what they are. So believing that those things are, well, you know, they're really not that bad. They, it, A lot of people believe there's a, there's a, kind of a white witchcraft a it's good it's a good witchcraft it's not it's white magic not black magic kind of thing there is no magic no witchcraft no nothing hallow like that that like that's good and it's only given the devil only makes it appear that way to trap you the devil every lie that i've just told you the devil perpetuated all of these lies and when we do nothing, and with the devil wins. So we have to embrace the power and the authority that we have in him. We will never fully help people without knowing why and how to address evil spirits. You, there are people you're not going to get healed without it. Hallelujah. Now we said there'd be no power adages. In Jesus' name, that's what we declared tonight. So, stop it. Stop it in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I love that. Okay. Um, so, we won't fully help people. There will be people that we can't get healed without speaking to the devil. And, uh, hallelujah, we used to just practice simple prayer. And unless something, man- we didn't think we were supposed to deal with the devil unless something got down the floor and manifested. And uh, I know when we first started out, we weren't, you know, we might, uh, we might occasionally bind the attack of the devil, but not, not fully engaging that. Uh, so, and then there's people that just flat out need deliverance. There's going to be times that we have to resist the devil for ourselves personally. There's going to be times that uh, as we are raising children, uh, that we are going to have to uh, come against the devil, bind the devil, cast the devil out, because the devil will attack our children to get to us. A lot of times, uh, not, you know, the devil tries to come a lot of times, I think, to the weakest link in the family, to the one that's most vulnerable, not not less. I'm not saying mink 
weak as spiritually necessarily. I'm talking about just uh, one person in the family that's more vulnerable. And so uh, we have to be able to know how to handle it and how to address evil spirits. Jesus did it. He sent the 12 out to do it. He sent the 70 out to do it. It stands to reason that we are going to have to do it too. If the 12 had to, it wasn't just Jesus. If the 70 had to, we know Paul did it. Hallelujah. And so we are going to have to deal with the devil ourselves too. It's really a simple thing. It's really, we don't have to make a big kettle deal about this or be afraid of it. The devil tries to blow it out of proportion. And, you know, you have heard stories, if you're like me, I've heard stories about people that, it, that stayed three days and three nights. And I'm not saying if it, it wasn't necessary, but that's not generally, you know, what it's going to take to cast out devil. Most of the time when somebody had to stay three days and three nights, they were inexperienced. They didn't really know what they were doing, or maybe they didn't have backup. So I'm counting on, you're backing me up, right? If I have to deal with anything or a pastor has to deal with anything, we're not going to say, oh, yeah, there's a deliverance going on down at the church tonight. But, you know, really, I think I'll stay home and watch The Good Witch or something or, <laughs> or even something less benign, more benign than that. Um, you know, we got to be in there to back each other up. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so there's no need to be afraid. It's a simple thing. And, uh, but also we can't stick our head in the sand where deliverance and demons are concerned. And in revival, I know this, I know this just from the little bit I've been in revival situations, the devil manifests. The devil manifests in revival. Anytime you're going to have a strong power of God, you're going to have the devil try to uh, manifest. So, uh, why dress demons? To move ourselves and others forward in freedom from darkness, move ourselves and others forward in freedom from darkness, and we can do self-deliverance. Now, if we need help, we ought to get it. If we're not getting, if we're not getting conquered. But I remember when uh, I, you, I've told you about being uh, having a spirit of fear, and the first time a spirit of fear. Uh, began to manifest was after I was in us on May on the Sunday night Saturday night before Mother's Day which would have been in I'm gonna tell you 1975 exactly 1975 Saturday night before Mother's Day a huge black cloud red and black because it, it has red in it because of all the sand that it picks up red clay red sand and it's coming from the northwest and I'm in a mobile home in Seagraves, Texas. And you know, this is before Doppler radar and all those kind of things. If we'd have turned on the TV, we would have, I don't know if we'd have heard anything, probably not. We, if it was, it would have been no more than threat of thunderstorms or something like that. Cause they couldn't tell, they couldn't pick it up in 1975. And so this huge cloud is coming, but we didn't need radar to tell us this thing is bad. I mean, you can see color. When you see colors in clouds like that, you know there's hail. You know, when it starts, when you start feeling that cold wind, you know that it, it starts getting really cold fast. There's hail in that cloud. See, you can do a lot of this on your own, especially in West Texas. You can see, you don't have trees in your way. You can see the thing for miles away and so uh it's coming here we can see it coming it's boiling and so i'm in this mobile home and so not no not tied down he pulled it to town with his tractor we had it parked out at the farm and i said i can't stand it out here any longer living on this farm i'm a city girl so he hooked on it with the tractor no permit or nothing moved it to town parked it on a lot that somebody let us park it on so it's not tied down. It's nothing. And so it's a 12 by 60 mobile home. And uh, so <laughs> right as it's just starting to, the first raindrops are hitting. It's just about to hit. He zooms up in his pickup. And I said, let's get out of here. Of course, he is dirty. He's been farming. He's been spraying Roundup. He's got chemical on him. He's got dirt on him. He's got sweat, you know. 
sweat, dirt, and chemicals. And so I said, let's get out of here. And he said, I got to get a shower first. And so while he's in the shower, it hits. It, of course, it didn't blow us away, but it beat the thunder out of that mobile home. And uh, so we're standing at the door, and our neighbor who's let us park on their lot, they're standing at their back door. We're standing at our side door, and we can see them over there. And we're like, we got to get out of this trailer. So we just start running through a drenching rain across, and they let us in their kitchen just pouring rain you know and so they live in a little house so but what happened was a spirit of fear got on me and from that dime forth until I got deliverance I was in a panic if a cloud as small as a man's hand came up I was like and so Colin is born meanwhile this was this was May of 75 he's born in June of 76 and so by the time he's born, I'm packing bottles. A cloud comes up, I start, I'll get 12, I'll fix 12 bottles. Like we was going to be the apocalypse, not the, not the thunderstorm. Everybody knows thunderstorms don't last long in West Texas. But So I'd pack 12 bottles, pack diaper bags, you know, and make him, even if it was 1 o'clock in the morning. And we lived in a brick house by this time because as soon as... Uh, that happened in May. By June, we were buying a brick house in in uh, Seagraves, Texas, because I was getting out of that mobile home. And uh, so we're living in a brick house. But at 1 o'clock in the morning, I have made him get up, get in a vehicle, drive down to the Baptist church. I guess I just thought that would be a safe place, that the Lord wouldn't let the Baptist church be hit by a tornado. You know, I really wasn't even aware that it was the devil causing at this point. I'm Baptist. I don't know. I'm not aware of anything. I don't know you can take authority over anything. So uh, we go down there and we sit under a metal awning. They have a metal awning that you can drive under to let people out, you know, kind of like we had out the Coker church. And so I go, we'd sit under the metal awning, it'd pass, you know, usually pass in 15 minutes. It's not going to do much long in West Texas, although my dad just lost his whole roof, all his windows in his house, his pickup totaled by hail, baseball-sized hail. Um, <laughs> his fence is down. I mean, all of that just happened in one big hailstorm. It, it, everybody gets a new roof about every few years in West Texas because a hailstorm's going to come through and just, and just beat it down. You know, hail is very prominent there, even more than tornadoes or anything, hail. And so, um, but anyway, so we, uh, meanwhile, I, we get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so we get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I start learning some things. And all of a sudden, I begin to think, you know, I need deliverance. I need deliverance. This is ridiculous. I'm acting crazy. And so I begin to know it when we get baptized in the Holy Spirit. So my grandmother uh, said, well, there's a lady coming to my house, and she's got, um, she's been with some deliverance ministers, and she's coming just to spend a couple of nights and visit. And I, I was like, I want to talk to her. I, I want to talk to her when she, because I knew I needed deliverance. So my grandmother said, okay, well, so I came over one afternoon. And, and so I told her what I was going through. And she said, well, I'm just going to show you how to do it. And so she actually led me in what you would call self-deliverance how to, you know, how to go through self-deliverance. So I was the one speaking the words. She never did anything. She just told me what to do and what to say and how to say it. And, you know, I got set free. And from that time forth, I have not been afraid of thunderstorms at all. Now, later I went through some other fears and had anxiety attacks. But thunderstorms, no, not afraid. Hallelujah. Amen. So... That's my testimony of self-deliverance. And so we can, we can do a self-deliverance on ourselves in any area that we feel like the devil has come in. The devil has, uh, you know, maybe we discover that something has been there a while, maybe even since childhood, which obviously that spirit of fear didn't, 
you know, it, I think it had been in there all along, not specifically for thunderstorms, but, but there were a lot of opportunities in my childhood to get a lot of junk attached to you. Of course, we belong to Jesus. Our spirit is sealed. This is not affecting our spirit. It's not affecting our salvation, but it sure can affect our soul. It can affect our body and it can affect our quality of life because it's, this was affecting our sleep, our quality of life. You know, it was affecting everything. And uh, we don't want to live like that. We're supposed to live free. And there can be other things. Maybe yours is not as like, boy, anybody could have said, she's got fear. I mean, it wouldn't have taken anybody. And it affected my kids. It affected Colin as a little boy. A lot of my fears I see now have, had a, have affected Colin down through the years, more than Eric. Because by the time Eric came along, I'm beginning to get set free. I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit uh, a while. I'm, I'm beginning to be set free. I know how to pray. And so he was affected by a lot less than Colin was. But I see things sometimes uh, con the, uh, concerning Colin that I go, you know, I gave, I caused him to be that way. I caused that, and I, it, I make, it makes me mad, and so I, I pray for him, and I pray against it, and uh, don't see it as much anymore, but do see it, did see it through his childhood and, and through some of those things. So uh, <clears throat> we have to move ourselves and others forward in freedom from darkness. Being completely free should be our goal, whether it's just a temptation to fear in a little bit, in a little area, or if it's something really big, or if it's something that's trying to come against your children, you know, finding out where the door is, closing the door, and then getting them set free, getting them delivered. You, I don't think you can parent without having to do that. It may not be, a, you know, an epileptic where they're throwing them in the fire, or, and, you know, like we read in the Bible, but in some ways... You know, if you live in this world, your children's going to be exposed to some things that need to be dealt with. And so you, know, you need to know how to do that, and you need to know how to discern it. Sin loves darkness. The devil will fight us about being delivered. He will tell us, oh, no, no. And, he will, and our flesh will also fight us because our flesh wants to continue, especially if there's something that we're doing or have done that opens a door. Our flesh doesn't want to give up certain kinds of music a lot of times. Even when somebody tells us or we begin to realize, you know, when my grandmother told me about the Eastern Star, I didn't, my flesh didn't want to do this. I'm fixing to have a big party, y'all. I am fixing to be the worthy matron, and I'm young. I'm probably the young, what am I? I'm not even 30, and I'm probably the youngest worthy matron. you got to understand, I'm in the Eastern Star, and it goes from me, which is about 27 or 27 years, I'd say 27 years old, maybe 26. It goes from there, it jumps to 60. Well, maybe not quite that far, but 50. It jumps that far. I'm the youngest worthy matron, and man, I'm fixing to have a party. Not only that, uh, I've got ambition, and I've got, uh, what do you call it? I've got zeal, and I've got a lot more energy than these other ladies have. So, boy, under my watch, we started having fundraisers. I got them ladies up off their bohunkus and got them out there working and we started having fundraisers at the Seagraves events and um, you know and uh, we raised a thousand dollars and of course it, the Eastern Star meets in the Masonic Lodge so we had to ask the Masons could we re-carpet it I mean it it was nasty and so we raised the money ourselves Eastern Star and we recarpeted that place and we fixed it up and you know and how and, and so I'm fixing to be a big star in Seagraves. A big star for Seagraves. Hallelujah. And, uh, and, and, and so, I, and plus, it's all based on the Bible. I mean, the five heroines of Eastern Star are Ada, Ruth, Martha, Electa, 
and Esther. <laughs> They're all Bible characters. And it's like, I can't see this. I don't know. I don't, my flesh doesn't want to. My flesh doesn't even want to see it. Because I don't want to have to give it up. And sometimes that's the way we can be. So the devil will fight us, but also the flesh will fight us. And, you know, our family will sometimes fight us, too. Now, my family didn't fight us so much on this. They fought us on some things, but they didn't fight us so much on this because nobody was really that enthusiastic about it. But it was. It had a long heritage in our family, going back generations. And uh, it does as it does in a lot of families. So... Uh, <coughs> So we got to make our mind, our mind that we want to be free. And we don't care what our family thinks. That we're willing to shut the door. Because it does no good to cast out the devil and leave the door open. It's like saying, I want to be free from fear. And you cast out the devil, but every Friday night, you and your family watch horror movies or something. That's like, you got to shut that door. That's not wanting to be free. Wanting to be free is telling your family, and sometimes it's extended family, no, we're not coming to the, to the horror movie get-together that we have every Friday night, and we eat popcorn, and we drink Coke, and we have a big time, you know. And we laugh because I know we used to go to horror movies when I was a kid. Well, we went to every movie. If it came on Friday night to the Eagle Theater in Seagraves, Texas, it didn't matter much what it was because there was nothing R or anything like that. But we went to it. And so we saw all those. And, you know, sometimes we think, oh, that's hilarious. That's funny. Especially the horror movies, like in our day, they were just plain stupid. You know, <laughs> now they're more sophisticated at evil and they're more sophisticated and they can really scare the wadnet out of you, I think. I mean, just from seeing a few advertisements before I can get them turned off, you know, they can they can scare the, you know, they can scare you. Getting more sophisticated and the devil's just, he's, the devil's on a rampage in every area and he is, he is out there. Uh, so, uh, let's go over to Mark chapter 5. We'll see. We might do one scripture. I think we're running out of time already, but just got it introduced. Let me just read this. Let's don't even go there because I got this up on my phone. Okay, this is a testimony from Global Awakening where I'm taking my... Randy Clark has... Really, he's developing pretty awesome thing, but he has uh, healing courses, one, one, two, three, and four, uh, inner healing, one, two, three, and four, and deliverance, one, two, three, and four, classes that you can take online. And uh, they're, they're not just do this if you want to classes. I mean, I guess you, you can drop out. I mean, nobody can make you do anything, but... Uh, your home, you have homework, and it's due a certain time, and all that kind of stuff. And then he's also developing even further out there, where you can get a uh, these. He's gotten cert, uh, accredited, and he's now got a Masters of Divinity and Doctor of Divinity that you can do through him. He's a really smart man. Uh, so here's a great testimony from student Ashley who is currently taking Deliverance One. This came up on my Facebook. After this week's video by Rodney, and I don't know who Rodney is, but by Rodney about kids maybe being demonized, then hearing Rodney give an example in the video, my spirit was quickened. My three-year-old has been struggling with speech. He does not speak much and was unable to pronounce many words. He would speak with one-word answers and become very frustrated when he couldn't express himself. He used to fall and hit his head a lot, and it worried me. After watching that teaching, I said, I need to go pray over my kids. I have three kids, a nine-year-old daughter, a three-year-old son, and a two-year-old son. I prayed over the youngest and then went to my son, Avi, with the speech problems. I could not believe it. As I began to take authority over any unclean spirit, he began to manifest. His little arms and feet were contorting. My heart was racing, but I kept praying until he turned over and straightened up. Since he is my little peanut baby, I don't know what that means, 
I stopped and said, okay, I believe it's gone, but tomorrow I will pray again to make sure. I then prayed blessings and peace over him and healing over him. Can I just tell you that can I just tell you that was Monday and on Tuesday he was totally transformed. He is not the same little boy. Praise Jesus. He spoke about a dozen new words and was cracking jokes in his way. I was crying because just overnight, a dozen new words came. He was trying to talk and he was speaking in two-word phrases. He was yelling, whoa, bro. That was one of his jokes. Then today, he actually said a couple of sentences and he counted in Spanish to five. He was pronouncing hard words with multiple syllables. Man, oh man, my Jesus is the man, our Savior. I am so happy and can see this miracle. We are so happy for Ashley and her son, Abby, and we rejoice to see yet again how God transforms lives through these courses. So, hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's a good testimony. Thank you, Lord. I think we'll stop there for tonight. Thank you, Jesus. You have anything, Pastor? Thank you, Lord. Let's spend a minute or two or a few minutes. We, it's just it's like one minute to late. Uh, let's pray for Tuscaloosa Prayer and Healing Center, which is uh, Saturday. And uh, we Monday night at prayer, we prayed for, we did, that's all we prayed for was healing. Hallelujah. So let's spend a five minutes or so, however long the Holy Ghost leads, and let's let's pray for healing. We have to stir up this river of healing. God wants this river of healing to flow in Tuscaloosa County. And Eric said Sunday, and I like this, and we actually prayed about that Monday night. He said something about he believed we were going to have a breakout of people coming. I don't know exactly how he said it, but something to that effect. And so we just lift that up right now to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, yes. Praise God. Yes. 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 Well, we release them into the, we release them into the river of healing in Jesus' name. We release them from no hope. Hallelujah. What else do they need releasing from? Pray it out. Say it out. Thank you, Lord. Yes. 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 Fear of the unknown. We release them from the fear of the unknown. What somebody say back here? Yes. 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 Step out from what family thinks. Yes, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Fear of being embarrassed. I don't know where that what that means, but that came in my heart. Thank you, Lord. We bind that. We take authority over that. Hallelujah. Let a desperation, Lord, to be healed come to their hearts in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord, we bind and take authority over the fear of going to another church or an unknown church. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. It will affect the spirit realm. Hallelujah. What you speak. The fear of not getting healed, being disappointed. We thank you, Lord. Yes, hallelujah. Praise God. Lord, we release hope into our community. We release hope to the hopeless. We release, Lord, uh, mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you for thrusting us out as labors into the harvest to invite people. Lord, bring people across our path and cause us to cross the paths of people in Jesus' name. And Lord, cause those uh, healing brochures to go in places where we didn't even leave them. But angels put those healing brochures in places in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray for word of mouth to be activated in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody start a new stream. 
Lord, that the, the, those that minister would, would see their place and see themselves as a necessary part of every person's answer. Lord, we just bind that attitude from ourselves that would say, well, if I don't do it, somebody else will. But Father, we see that we have we have a we have a, an assignment, and we have an assignment from on high. We thank you, Father, and Lord, more compassion that we care more for who's dying and who's God. We, you know, Hallelujah. Praise God. Barry, you have something on your heart. Lord, speak to us. Speak to us before Healing Center. That we would know what our Father's doing and hear what our Father's saying. Whether it be through dreams or visions or, Lord, word of knowledge. Father, we thank you. And that we come in this Saturday morning the atmosphere is different. The atmosphere has changed. Thank you, Lord God. We give you praise. We give you thanksgiving. We glorify you. When Melissa prayed and Pamela prayed about that, something came up in my heart. And it was, a, it was like, it was a way we used to believe. And I'm not even talking about back in denominational days. I'm talking about a way we used to believe not that long ago that some people had a call to healing ministry. Some people had a call to prayer. Some people had a call but that is not truth. We are all, as believers, called a healing ministry. And Randy Clark said something in one of the classes about, he was talking about churches, and uh, he's not critical at all. He is not, he's very loving and kind. But he said, uh, he said if we, and I guess, Maybe we know this, but just never thought of it so much as you can't be a New Testament church without healing in the church. And, you know, you can't be a New Testament believer. You aren't a disciple. He said this, you're not a disciple of Christ if you do not have healing in that discipleship. Healing is a part of being a disciple of Christ because Christ was a healer. So, uh, and he said, if you have a church and they never, they don't have the healing side, he said, they're preaching the baptism of John. And I'm like, wow, I never thought of that. So that came up in my heart as we were, hallelujah, pastor coming. Oh, okay. All right. Let's, uh, tithes and offerings. Let's receive our Wednesday night tithes and offerings. Joy's in the aisle with an envelope if you need it. Thank you, Lord. The church is doing good. We're blessed. We want to keep it that way through all the summer months. Hallelujah. And hallelujah. Believe in God to, uh, for River Church to be completely out of debt. Thank you, Lord. Still believing that 14585 Highway 82 West is sold in Jesus' name. Um, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you.